Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Brenda Bryson. She is an insurance agency owner, a conscious uncoupling coach, positive intelligence coach, and a number one international best-selling author. Welcome, Brenda. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for being here. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me here today. It is my honor and my pleasure to have you here. We've been trying to get this done for a while, so it's nice to finally be able to sit down and chat with you and share with the community who you are and what you do. So thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited to jump in. Mm-hmm. As mentioned, you are all those things, but you're also, and of course, this is certainly not least, but last, you're a mother to two girls. So mm-hmm. all of those things and being a mother, how on earth with all the hats you wear, do you prioritize and organize things, keep things organized? And how important is prioritization and organization to you in order to stay on top of things? Well, it's a must, like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be able to function if I didn't. The way that I like to think of it is, you know, if you've got a glass jar uh-huh. and you're trying to fit in big rocks, little rocks, some pebbles, some sand and some water, you got to put the big rocks in first, right? right. So, the, so the big rocks are me, my daughters, and then, you know, everything else comes after that the different business things. And as long as I have those sort of in the jar first, then everything else seems to fit in. Like, you know, you you pour in the smaller stones, they fit in around the bigger stones. You pour in the sand and they fit in and just in between everything. So I really use my calendar as my focal point to put things on there. And I really do things that light me up and and things that take advantage of my skill set the most. Anything else I find, you know, the things that don't light me up as much or that I can get support on, I do. So I have a team at the office. They help support me. I have great friends, including you, Brad, and, (laughs) you know, and I have other friends. I have a great support structure around me in my life. And I'm really, really grateful for that. And so that helps me be able to navigate the different things that I'm doing and, you know, keep the most important things, the most important things. And, Yeah, that's how I do it. I love it. I love that analogy. I've seen that analogy acted out 
a, a teacher in a classroom has a jar and he talks about that, how putting the rocks in first and the big rocks in first. So I love that analogy. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it's so good when you think about it. If you put all the sand in there first, there's no way that the big rocks are going to yeah, right? Exactly. Like you put the sand in the water. So yeah, I always go back to that analogy and ask myself, okay, where does this fit in what I'm really wanting to do? And also like the big rocks have to make sense for what for it sure. is that I'm looking to accomplish in my life. Yeah, absolutely. So Brenda, how long have you worked in the insurance industry and what sparked the interest for you to get into that world? Yeah, it's really interesting. So I actually started in the insurance industry right out of high school and I had applied for a job that I saw in the newspaper back in those days. (laughs) And it was (laughs) was for this job. I, I can't even remember the description of it, but it sounded really interesting to me at the time. I applied for it. Well, it turned out I was actually applying to an agency, like to an employment agency, and I didn't realize. And they pointed me in the direction of going into insurance. And they said, you know, it's a really tough company to get into. But if you're able to get into this company, then you'll have a really good career. So and at that time, I was actually just thinking, I want to work for like six months, maybe a year, save some money so that I could pay for post-secondary That was really my intention going into it. I was never really planning on being there and continuing to stay there. And then once I got into it, it's just so fascinating, like the insurance industry and everything that they do to help people. It was just so in alignment with me. And so I just continued my career in there. And so I worked at the head office of the company for like 10, almost 11 years before I went out and got into my own agency. Yeah. 33 years later. (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) And so what was that transition like for you out of working at the company into starting your own agency? It was really interesting. There's a lot of support. The company really, really gave a lot of support, a lot of great training. It's an amazing community of people. And like none of us are really in competition with each other. We all collaborate really well. And so again, I was very, very supported through that transition. I would say the biggest thing was changing the community that I lived in because I grew up in Toronto, as you know. Yeah. And I moved to a smaller community for the business. And that part of the transition was really challenging. And then going into being an entrepreneur, you know, you learn a lot. For (laughs) sure. You really, really learn a lot. And again, like I said, I was very, very supported by my colleagues, by the company, by the community coming into the community. And yeah, it's, uh, it's been a really amazing learning curve. Which is key, having that support. That's absolutely paramount. Yeah, totally. You are huge into the personal development world, Brenda. I am. Was your journey into that? I mean, every time I talk to you, you're you're taking some course or <laughs> some workshop. You're you're always always working on self improvement. Was your journey into that world initiated as a result of some of your own personal struggles and journey? Like, when did this we'll call it air quotes here, addiction start for you. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I want to call it an addiction, Brad. (laughs) It's definitely a passion. Um, Yeah, we'll use the word passion. Yeah. Okay, let's go with that. So it's interesting because I, I was thinking about that and there was a session that I was at. I think it was some training that we had going on through my work 
and a lady came and, and spoke with us and she shared something that, you know, you would think would just make sense. Like everybody would know this, but it was mind blowing to me at the time. And she said, like, you can't change other people. You can only change yourself. And it just really struck me because I was like, what? You know, I thought I could change other people. I thought that, you know, I could just blame other people for things that happened in my life. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like as if that would get me somewhere. But so that was a real turning point for me in learning that I couldn't change anybody else. All I could do is change me change my perspective and the way I approach things. So that was a thing that got me into it because I had a, a lot of things that I needed to work through. I had a lot of upset and anger. I was born to deaf parents. And so I was really in a different kind of situation than most people in that regard, in terms of communication and feeling the need to be responsible for a lot of things with them. I lost my mom when I was six. She passed away from cancer. Yeah. yeah. And then into my teen years, I was in an abusive relationship. And so, you know, all these things kind of impacted me. And I always wanted to point the finger out to everybody else. Like I said, I always wanted to point the finger out and, you know, it was this person's fault and it was this and it was that. And, you know, I got to the point where I realized that that was doing nothing but making me more and more miserable. And that I have to be the one that's responsible for how I am and my part in it and what meaning I make of things that have happened and that sort of thing. So that's what got me into the personal development world. And it's allowed me to see things from a totally different perspective and take full responsibility for my own life and how I show up in it and uh, the things that I do. So it's led to a lot of self-awareness. The fact that had the self-awareness to realize, wait a minute, I need to work on some shit here because a lot of people just stuff that shit down and don't deal with it. They don't face it head on. Yeah, exactly. And then end up, you know, either getting more and more angry or maybe turning to different substances, yeah. and things like that in order to cope. And yeah, I didn't want to go down that road. I wanted to just, you know, look at what I can do to keep bettering myself and to live a really amazing life. You know, it's up to me, like it's up to not just me for it's up to me for me, but it's up to each person individually to dive into their own stuff that they need for to sure. work through and live a great life. Absolutely. Yeah. Now you've had a, a, quite a few struggles here. So could you elaborate a little bit on one of the most pivotal ones that you went through, would you say? Well, I would say the most pivotal one that I went through was my mom passing away, right? Yeah, that really, you know, at I, such I a felt, young age. Oh, yeah, so young. And I, I felt like such an anomaly really in life as a result of that. And, and I didn't know how to deal. And this was another thing is that, you know, because she was so young and because I was so young, there's a lot for people to get their heads wrapped around. Right. And I, a lot of times I felt like I had to help comfort them. Right. When I was also dealing with my own pain. So yeah, that was a really pivotal thing for me. And it resulted, I would say in like for myself as a mother, I actually didn't want to have kids because wow. I didn't want anybody to go through the pain that I went through. And so that impacted. And then of course, 
you know, the, the girls arrived in my life and they're beautiful blessings and I cannot imagine my life without them. But it, it really got me to really make them more independent in a lot of ways. I don't know if make them is even the, the correct way to say it. Um, Give them their independence. Yeah. It helped me to encourage their yeah. independence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot more because I want them to know that if anything ever happened to me, that they can do it. They, yeah. can, get, they can, you know, do anything that they want to do. And that doesn't have to limit their life. And I spent a lot, a lot of years limiting my life because of that until I realized that that's not what she would want. And really, is that what anybody wants? You know, you, you have to be able to step on the other side of the pain mm -hmm. that comes in your life in order to even use it as a catalyst to live a brighter life. That's a tough narrative to flip, though. It's a tough mindset to get into and realize. But, you know, once you do and you get on the other side of it, you know, life is so much better. And you're right. They they wouldn't want you to sit there and, and constantly be upset and mourn. And they want you to carry on and be happy in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so now I say that I use what happened as an inspiration to live my best life because I have this life, these years that my mom never got to even have. Right. So I call those my bonus years. And, <laughs> and like, I need to live an amazing life because she didn't get that opportunity to. So I need to do that. Honor her. Yeah. And you, and you, of course. Yes, absolutely. Brenda, yeah. how have these experiences helped shape the Brenda you are today? Do you think both personally and professionally? Well, I think all of these things have given me the opportunity to relate to a lot of different people in a lot of different ways to understand that people go through different things in life and, and have hardships and, you know, that ability to navigate that and, and work through that pain just really gives me the ability to connect with a lot of different people and, and understand their world and their life and their stories. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say then has been your biggest or most valuable lesson or takeaway from these experiences? Really that everybody has their own stuff. Like everybody has things that they're dealing with, even when they don't talk about it. And if they don't share, you know, mine happened to be one that was like large and front and center for everybody to see for a really long time. Everybody has stuff that they're dealing with. So I want to switch gears here and talk a little bit about your coaching career. So mm -hmm. for those who might not know, Brenda, what is a conscious uncoupling coach? So a conscious uncoupling coach, conscious uncoupling itself is a program that was created by Catherine Woodward Thomas. And essentially it's like a five-step program that has the potential to make your breakup kinder, more loving, more respectful for yourself, for anybody who is involved with it. And so what I do as a coach and what any conscious uncoupling coach does is work through the program, work through the book. It's a, a book that's available out there. It's a, you know, it's a top selling book and work through the program and, and just guide you deeper, guide you deeper and go through each step to make it 
really a healing process. So how did your journey into the world of conscious uncoupling coaching start? Like what inspired you to want to go that direction in in the coaching world? It's so interesting. Conscious uncoupling made such a huge difference for me. So I was in a marriage for almost 22 years in relationship with my husband, that's what we call in conscious uncoupling. That's what we call. He was my husband. So what would be, what would be the thing, the term that a husband would use for his wife? <laughs> well, I know some of the people in the program would say was wife. It doesn't kind of go the same way. No, it doesn't have that same ring. No, we'll have to, we'll have to come up with something. Yeah. So yeah, we were together all together for like 26 years and married almost 22 years. And um, when we decided to uncouple, I would say for the most part, we did it fairly consciously, you know, always keeping in mind the bigger picture of what we wanted for each other, what we wanted for our family and that sort of thing. And then I think I was watching something on YouTube and an ad came through for a masterclass on Mind Valley for conscious uncoupling. And Catherine was there talking with Vision and just talking about, you know, if you have any lingering resentments or, you know, if you feel like in any way that you haven't entirely completed that process of like conscious completion of your previous relationship, that's going to affect any relationship in, in future. And at that point, although we were navigating it very consciously and, you know, had a good relationship and we still have a, a good relationship, I felt like I still had some things to work on. I had some resentments and things like that. And so I decided to dive in and I signed up for the program. And when I did the program, the program on Mind Valley, I would say it's almost like a hybrid between doing the book and having a coach. Okay. Um, so Catherine kind of works you through some of the stuff and the quest and it made the biggest difference for me. Like I let go of the resentments. I saw my part in, you know, how things happened and what unfolded and, and whatnot. And it just really brought me to a place of peace. And we have such a good relationship that I ha had so many people ask me, like, how do you do this? How do you do this? How do you achieve this? Because there's a lot of separations and divorces that don't go as smoothly. And I mean, like we really do have such a great relationship. We're so collaborative. We spend time together, you know, on holidays and different things. And we're really close. It, it really benefits the whole family that we have the relationship that we do and that we were able to navigate things that way. And it wasn't both of us going through conscious uncoupling. It was me going through conscious uncoupling. It just takes one person to go through it to then affect the whole dynamic. That's powerful that you don't need both people to go through it. I'm sure it would be even more beneficial if they both did, but even the fact that you can just do it one, because I mean, you think about marriage counseling, usually and typically both people need to be present to help go through that, right? So the fact that you can do this just one participant, I think that's great. And that it has that kind of a profound effect on the relationship. Oh, absolutely. It's so life-changing. I got to say, it's so life-changing. And so, yeah, that's why once I went through it and I saw the difference that it made 
for me and the peace that it brought into my life, I knew right then I yeah. become a conscious uncoupling coach. Like I knew right then. And I, I signed up and I waited <laughs> on the, on the waiting list for when the next program was and, and yeah, went, Powerful. went through the process. Yeah. So good. Now, I know through many conversations with you, Brenda, that you're also very interested in focusing your coaching expertise and business on helping men specifically. Just as many people think it's different with me because I focus on women, why have you decided to focus and help men specifically? Yeah, I find that, you know, through life and how things have shifted for women to get a lot more support which is amazing. And I encourage that as well. Somewhere along the way, men, I feel, have kind of gotten left behind in terms of support. And I had my own experience with my father going through his own separation and divorce. And this is long before I, you know, was a conscious uncoupling coach or anything like that. And I was really there to support him. I saw how little support there was for men at that time. And I think just, you know, through my life and my friendships with different men, I've been able to see how much support they actually need that they are not receiving. And so that's why I really feel like this is something that can make a difference for men and help them through the separation and divorce process as well. That's pretty incredible. Um, With this, as you said, you really only need one participant. So will you take women clients or is your focus going to be solely male clients? Oh, I'll take female clients as well. I have worked with both. Yeah, for okay. sure. I've worked with both. Yeah. I just put it out there that, you know, I'm available and open to work with men that I understand the challenges that they experience as well. But yeah, I definitely work with both right. men and women. Yeah. You just feel a greater calling to help men because of what you've seen in your experiences and through talking to friends, male friends and, and so forth. Yeah. And it, as it turns out, even like I said, even before, you know, becoming a conscious uncoupling certified coach, I've supported a lot of men right through, through their separation and divorce. Like I just seem to be that person that is able to help navigate that for people. So yeah. And now that I have this as well, like these tools to use, yeah. It's even better support that I can provide. Absolutely. Can you share with us what the name of your coaching business is and how you came up with the name? Absolutely. It's a pretty cool story, actually. Okay. So the name of my business is New Decisions for Life. And the way that I came up with that, I was actually in the process of, you know, what is the name of my business going to be and tossing around different ideas and all, all this kind of stuff. And I was cleaning out some things in the basement and I found a little piece of paper and I'll read you what it said. Okay. Okay. It said, I instill you with power and purpose. I send forth inspiration for all you desire and all you can be open to all the universe has for you. I will guide and protect you always. You are worthy. And then had a feather on it. That was like waxed on to this piece of paper. And then it says, I have your back. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) You know, like this is just a a blessing that has just arrived to me. And, And then I looked at the back 
And it was actually given to me by a lady that I, I knew from a networking group that I had belonged to at some point along the way. And I thought it was so beautiful that I kept that. Well, on the back, the name of the business is New Decisions for Life. <laughs> and I was like, that is a great business name, you know, but like that's her business name. And yeah. so I, I went to go look it up and it wasn't going any longer. And so I reached out because I, I still know her. And uh, so I reached out to her and I told her about how I found this blessing that like this message that she had handed out at an event at some point along the way and, and what I'm doing and, you know, what my mission is and what I'm working on and that sort of thing. And I wanted to know where she was with the business yeah. at that point and what was happening. And she was in a different place in her life where she was no longer able to continue with the business due to some family things that had been going on and whatnot. Okay. And she said, like, please take the name. Wow. Take it. Yeah. Take the name, take it with my blessing and bring forth this work that you're doing because it needs to be done. It needs to be out there. And I think it's, it's beautiful and perfect that you what found a beautiful gift. Yes. That you found this blessing and, and the name and that's that how I got the name. Powerful. I love yeah, it. Because I think, you know, it's so perfect for the work that I'm doing. For right. Sure. It's all about showing people a different way to, to make decisions, making new decisions yeah. for their life. Yep. Absolutely. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That is. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really neat. What, in your opinion, is the most important quality or skill set in a conscious uncoupling coach? Yeah, so I would say the ability to have empathy, have compassion, but most of all, to have done their own work. And sure. that's something that I'll say with the conscious uncoupling program is that we go through a lot of our own work before we get to the place and space of doing work with anybody else. And it's much like people that become therapists, right? They have a certain amount of work that they need to do, like of their own personal work that they need to do before they can start, you know, conducting therapy sessions. So yeah, I would say the number one thing is for a coach to have done their own work and have the capacity to, to take anybody else to the work. Love it. What is your greatest strength as a coach? I really have the ability to take people deeper. Like I'm very curious by nature. I call myself an inquisitive lover of life because I, <laughs> <laughs> because I really am. I'm so curious and I'm so inquisitive about people and about things that they share. And so my biggest strength is to be able to take people deeper and offer them a different perspective on whatever it is that they're talking about. So I always think about an iceberg. So with an uh -huh. iceberg, you've got the part that's on top. And if you look at an iceberg, if you were able to see the iceberg in the water, Water and everything that's underneath it, then, you know, the biggest part of the iceberg is what's underneath the water. And so, yeah, I really get into the bottom part of the iceberg and help offer different perspective to people through that. And I would say that's my biggest strength. Beautiful. I love that analogy. You're an analogy queen, Brenda. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> I do have a lot of them. <laughs> no kidding. Now, you also do some positive intelligence coaching. Can you talk a little bit about that and what that's all about? 
Yeah, Positive Intelligence is a program that was designed by Shirzad Shamin. And that is really looking at the things that get in the way of us being in our true essence and being being our true selves. And it's the way that the program is designed is it helps give us mastery over our own mind by being able to identify the things that are coming up and what's causing us to go off track. So I, I hope I'm explaining that well. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes total sense. It's so excellent. In that program, there's your saboteurs. So your saboteurs are the different things that get in your way of right. your true essence. And then your true essence is your sage. And okay. then, so what we work on in the program is identifying the saboteurs when they're showing up and what ways that we can tap into the sage. And we have yeah five different sage powers that we can use to really tap into the true essence. And then there's an actually an app that supports the whole program. So okay. there's, we call them PQ reps and they're really like mindfulness breaks that you can do at different intervals through the day Yeah, to help reset and just be really observant of what's actually happening. Is it your saboteurs talking and trying to take things over or is it your sage that's in charge? So do you incorporate this modality into your conscious uncoupling coaching as well? When I'm working with people, I can pull from both things. Okay. As I'm working with people, as I see appropriate working with them. Yeah. So I think like both are excellent programs and different programs. And then there's ways that they weave in together as well. Okay. So what type of person or client is your ideal client? Like what, what do you look for in a potential client before deciding to work with them? So anybody that I am working with, I'm looking for people who have done some of their own personal growth work. If somebody has come in and hasn't had any kind of background in any of their own personal growth work, they probably wouldn't be a fit to work with me. So they need to have some sort of background, some sort of understanding of doing their own work. And being open is really, really important and having the ability to self-reflect. So if there's somebody that, you know, was like I was many years ago, thinking that anything that happened was somebody else's fault and that I could change somebody else, then they're not going to be a fit to work with me. But when they've done some work and they're ready to take it to the next level, then that's who I'm going to be working with. That's your people. Yeah. What lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you do? You know, really seeing the light bulbs go off when I'm working with people, like seeing the epiphanies and just seeing how people are actually changing in front of my eyes. It's so amazing. And knowing that I had some small part in helping them get to that. That is a beautiful thing to witness transformation. Oh, it really is. And to see people Getting to a place of peace, you know, it's just incredible. It really is. On the flip side of that, what would you say is one of the most challenging parts about the work that you do? Well, when people are committed to staying in their victim place, that's challenging. Or, you know, when the resistance kicks up, like they just start to get too afraid, you know, and when that happens and they close up. 
And then there's no opportunity for growth at that point. So I would say that's the most challenging part. But yeah, when I'm working with people that are open and want to self-reflect and want to use that to step further into transformation and open up their world, then it's just amazing. Beautiful, powerful, transformational, all of the things. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful, Brenda? I have a lot of perseverance. I just keep going. (laughs) I'm pretty pretty resilient and maybe in in some ways a little stubborn. I don't know if being stubborn is... Let's use the word resilience instead of stubbornness. Yeah, Yeah, resilience. (laughs) Resilience and perseverance, persistence. Like those those are my superpowers that keep me going and have helped get me to where I am. Speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Yeah, for me, it's about living a life that I love and doing what I want when I want with the people I want. That's what success is to me. Everybody's going to define it in their way, but yeah, that's what it is for me. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after you learned it? Mm, Such a good question, Brad. The most important thing I would say is that we need to love ourselves. You know, we came here to be loved. We came here to be unconditionally loved and accepted. And that includes first and foremost with ourselves. So before I learned that, I was in a lot of misery and a lot of pain because I just didn't accept myself. I didn't fully love myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough lesson for sure. It takes Mm -hmm. a lot that it goes back to what you're saying about doing that inner work. It takes a lot of that. It absolutely does. I remember this one program that I did and you know, you had to do the mirror work and look in the mirror and look in your eyes and say, I love you. And, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Like it brought tears to my eyes actually to do it. I just couldn't do it because I really was not loving myself and was not accepting myself. And I just kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. And now I see myself in a totally different way and really loving and accepting of myself. That is pure beauty. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. Like when you think about babies, right? Like babies are just, they're amazing. Yeah. Right? And you just love them because they're here. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. they exist, right? They yeah. don't need to do anything to earn your love. No. You know, you love them just because. That's and right. And so what if we each treated ourselves that way? Yeah. And loved Very ourselves true. just because. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A great way to look at it. Brenda, who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? It's so interesting to to think about that question. I would say the person that had the biggest impact on me was a lady that I grew up next to. And she's been gone just over 10 years now. Auntie Joyce is what we called her. And where she had the biggest impact on me is she was just like what I was just talking about in terms of loving, loving ourselves. She was just so filled with love so filled with kindness. She did so much for us after my mom passed away. You know, she really helped hold our family together, to be honest. Yeah, she was just an incredible lady, just so open and loving and fun. And Sounds like an incredible lady. 
Yeah, she really was. She's such a special, special woman. Yeah. Like the glue that held you guys together. Yeah. If it wasn't for her, I I don't know where we would have been or what would have happened. Like she, she really did so much. Yeah. And she was such a great cook too. <laughs> that doesn't hurt, right? <laughs> she would like make shepherd's pie and these stews and yeah. it was just like would nourish. Sounds your- like a lot of comfort food. <laughs> yeah. It would just nourish your soul. It was like, yeah, oh, yeah. she was just, just such an amazing lady. Yeah. I, I miss her still. What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? Yeah, with that, my real turning point was when I turned 38. Because that's the birthday that my mother never got to. She was wow. 30. Yeah, she was 37 when she passed away. She and was so young. Yeah, I know. She was so young. It's just like now I think about it and it's like, yeah, it. she really was so young. But when I was younger, you don't really have that same kind of concept of just how young she was. And so I don't know what it was. I always had this thought that like, I'm not going to make it to 38 because she didn't make it to 38. And I know that might sound ridiculous, but that's just a thing that came up for me. And uh, so when I turned 38, I was like, okay, I'm still here. I'm over the hump. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm, I'm still going. And then I had this realization that I'm meant to be here and I'm not meant to have the same journey that she had. Yeah. In the same path and uh, I need to forge my own path and I really need to live life. I really feel like I was living life, not in the same way. I got to that point, then it's like, okay. It's almost like you were holding back a little bit. Yeah. Because I kept thinking something was going to happen to me and that I wasn't going to be there. And then I got to 38 and it's like, okay, I'm still here. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm supposed to be here. I need to get on this. and start like really living my life you know that was a real turning point for me it's like okay stop life messing changing. around holy shit yeah stop messing around and you know get out there and start really living life so that's what it was for me what would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received uh, well there's so many great pieces of advice <laughs> <laughs> oh if i could write a book about that <laughs> But I would have to say it's from the book, The Four Agreements, and it's don't make assumptions. Like when you think about how many times we can make assumptions about why things are the way they are and what this looks like. And, you know, we create this whole story, whereas like we really don't know what's happening with other people, right? Like, yeah, so don't make assumptions. And that piece of advice has helped me so much. Like it's brought me just so much peace and freedom when I don't make assumptions. And when I catch myself going into making assumptions, it only causes to bring me misery. So it's such great advice to not make assumptions. Keep that one at the top of mind, people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's life altering. It really is life altering. What does the word empowerment mean to you? Empowerment to me means like tapping into your capabilities, knowing that you have what it takes when you're empowering yourself to do something, when you're empowering other people to do it, you're helping to show them what's already inside of them. Beautifully said. 
Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three word answer type thing, okay? Okay. What is your favorite self-care practice? Meditation. And can I say bathtubs? Yeah, yeah. Of yeah, those are those two things. Okay. Oh, they nourish me so much. <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve? Um, when you order food delivery and they bring you cutlery and they're dropping it off at your house. <laughs> All right. Well, I never really thought about that. I don't know why it bothers me the way that it does. It just does. Well, thank you for opening my mind to that. <laughs> You're welcome. What is the best compliment you can give yourself? Mm, that I'm so loving. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? My ability to spread love. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? Handle with care. <laughs> <laughs> How would you describe yourself in one word? Well, I was trying to think if this is one word or two, but I'm creating it into one word. Badass. Yeah, that we'll go. That's one word. Absolutely. That's one word now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Brenda has just adopted it as one word. <laughs> if you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? The answer is love. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Okay. What's the most important lesson you've learned in business? Hmm. When you're going through hell, just keep going. All right. Yeah, because this too shall pass. Right. You're not always going to be in hell, even when it feels like it in the moment. Yeah. Then just okay. keep going because it will pass. What is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everybody should learn at some point in their life? Mm, I would say with that is that, you know, everyone wants to be seen and heard. Like everyone wants to have their experience validated. In the last two years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Well, it's like what we were speaking about earlier, and that's really loving myself. That's what... It's a game changer. That's a life changer. Oh my sure. gosh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months or recent memory? That without a doubt, is a scalp massage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have you ever had a scalp massage, Brad? No, I have not. Oh, they are heavenly. And how much does one of those run? I think around $70, oh. Maybe less. Seventy dollars Canadian for, yeah. for all those for all of our US friends listening. That's like what six fifty bucks, fifty five yeah. bucks. <laughs> yeah, it might even be less, but it's yeah. it's a game changer. Like it's amazing. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll it's take your amazing. word for it. <laughs> I'll have to delve into that world one day. It's so good. Yeah, it really is heavenly. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Well, with this one, we didn't really specify if they were currently alive. No, they don't have to be. No, no, no. Okay. Just any woman. Yeah. So that's my mom. Yeah. I, I really want to know more about her. I want to know more about her life. Yeah. I just feel like I didn't really get the opportunity to know her because she was so young and so was I. So it would definitely be my mom. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Believing yourself. Powerful. Three very powerful words. 
Mm-hmm. And it took me how many years for... Yeah. But hey, you're on the other side of it. You're here. So there yeah, you go. Absolutely. Lastly, Brenda, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, like your tribe, your corner of the world, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? That we have this life to experience and we need to experience it. Do all the things that you always wanted to do. Love yourself. Love the people that you share your life with. And most of all, be kind to the person that you spend the most time with. And that's you. Beautifully said. What an amazing way to end the interview. Brenda, thank you so much for sharing and talking about your life, sharing your journey, your struggles. You're an absolute inspiration with what you have overcome, what you've had to deal with and where you are on the other side of it now. You're a true inspiration and just a beacon of hope and light in the world. And I'm so grateful to call you a friend and to say I know you and to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Thank you so much for all that you do as a woman, a human being, everything. You're just, you're a phenomenal human being, truly. Oh, thank you, Brad. Thank you so much for you and what you do and allowing me to share my story and just connecting me with everybody else in the community, the way that you do. Just thank you for you. Thank you for your support. And (laughs) thank you for being you as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I I appreciate you. I appreciate you. (laughs) I'm so so glad we finally got to do this. So it, it was an absolutely beautiful conversation. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you, Brad. Yeah, I was so excited. I was just so excited <laughs> to, to come on and have this conversation and that we we're able to make it happen. And yeah. Yeah, I think the timing was just perfect. So Absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Brenda Bryson. She is an entrepreneur who owns an insurance agency. She is a conscious uncoupling coach. She is a positive intelligence coach, as well as an international best-selling author. Thank you so much, Brenda. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you, Brad. You too. Thanks again. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca Follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.